Go ahead. We're going to give you one minute to, t to tell us why we choose you. The reason I want to be in the hot seat is I want to learn. I want to just move it to the next level. Whoops, I want to move it to the next level. I want to learn. I'm, I'm here to learn. I'm excited. I'm just passionate about what's next. So what kind of business do you have? Um, you, I, in natural health care, I actually, I'm a distributor of Kongen water machines. It's an ionizer. Thank you. Go ahead. Okay, I ha I'm supposed to say why I'm a good candidate for being on a health seat. Um, because I believe, you know, I tried many different things, and, um, but I didn't get the answer I want. I'm trying to consult with many people to figure out what might be the best way to get to that uh, connection point that I want. Um, I'm, I'm really interested to have the feedback from the whole room regarding, you know, how I can get to that point that I'm looking for. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Alan. <laughs> so two days ago, I was sitting at home, and I was like, okay, what, what's my strength? What are my weaknesses? And I've never been on a hot seat. I've uh, presented in front of hundreds of people, doctors, scientists, but I knew what I was talking about. So I was like, okay, if I was put on a hot seat, like, how am I going to react to that? How is my energy going to be? Can I present whatever the, the, the material in a way that I did if I knew what I was doing? So I, I'm a hockey player growing up. When I'm challenged to do something, I wanted to be up here and the Canucks are out, so I want to prove that Vancouver, we could win some sort of trophy. <laughs> yeah. well, what kind of business are you in? Kongan Water. Kongan Earth Movement, to be precise, because okay. there's three things going to save humanity. Love, Kongan Water, and action. All right, three things. Yeah. Yeah. I said we consider four. There's room for one more person up there who wants to be considered. Go ahead. All right. The reason why I'm asking to be on the hot seat is because what I do for a living, there's only two of us in Canada that, that does it. So mentorship is a really hard thing to come by for me, and I know the other guy, and he lives in Quebec. So we can only contact so much. I'm a crisis project manager. I specialize in only solving ugly problems that a company has. <laughs> this can be everything from a partnership and divorce combination to mass layoffs. This can be restructuring, change management, renegotiating with uh, various law firms internationally or nationally. I'm predominantly based in Western Canada, yet I do have a soft spot for the Maritimes, which they call me out every now and then. And I just want to know how to expand my brand, given that it's a, it's a very niche industry that you cannot advertise like a regular consulting service. Interesting. Sounds challenging. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, just. Talk amongst yourselves for two minutes. DJ and I are going to just decide who's, who's the lucky candidate.
Okay, we've chosen our first person. Stay on time, we may do a second person as well. But Colin, come up here. You're, you're, you're it. Okay. He's up for a challenge. <laughs> Special hand-picked hot seat for you? One of the reasons we chose you because you, you, you have a problem in marketing that a lot of people think they have. So I want you to tell us a bit more about your business. Can you hear mic. me back there? No, no, we'll get your mic. We're okay. You can't hear. Doesn't help. Hi there. Just, Just keep speaking. Still good? Alright. Hi there. I'm known as Mr. Good Spirits. I specialize in crisis situations. I go into the ugly okay. problems that you face as a business. This could be everything from trademark infringement to divorcing uh, partnerships as it has occurred and I mentioned briefly this also includes uh, mass terminations politely asking uh, founders to change their ways <laughs> some people do have indulgences that can damage and hurt a company I specialize in doing all these kinds of things discreetly I like how the guy in the back of the room has his mouth open like wow there's a guy who does this and he's looking away because he doesn't want to be pointed out so we'll what is your background in training? My background is um, three undergrads, political science, philosophy, and gender and women's issues. So I'm incredibly comfortable um, speaking about the very ugly problems that we have and we have faced as a society. After that, I got a couple of gigs in Montreal before returning back to the West Coast. I'm born and raised in Vancouver, so it makes me a bit of an abnormality here already. I went on to work for the government often cleaning up their situations and handling their problems. That also includes a stint in Vanoc. So if there's other, any other Vanoc alumni in here, I was the uh, 2010 VIP club. You might know of me, you might not know of me. About a year and a half ago, I plateaued. My boss said, I'm not retiring for 20 years and you're really good. You're wasting your time if you stay put here. And I decided to open up my own. Go to the private sector help as many companies as I can out. So what are you currently doing for your marketing? Currently it's uh, predominantly networking, but I'm also looking to make some speeches at upcoming networking events. Predominantly the one that I'm aiming for is HR on conference because I, one of my goals for this year is to be Western Canada's mass employee termination specialist. I know it's not exactly something I'll have a huge amount of competition with, but having a niche in your back pocket goes a long way and having multiple services that people want to pay you for keeps consistency and uh, revenue stream for your company going. How much do you want to expand your business by? Ideally, I want to be working about 48 weeks of the year, not having to chase down business where people are contacting me and asking for help. I know that's a little vague, but the problem is the types of services I offer, there's no, it doesn't really work on a timeline. It doesn't work in the standard nine to five or the, um, what would you say, the 40 hour work week. As entrepreneurs, you know you have those 10, 12 hour work days, weeks upon weeks before you get ahead. In my situations, Usually there's a deadline, there's a time crunch, and things need to be done right away. So uh, you have any staff? 
No, I do not have any staff. I only bring on fellow consultants specific to a contract. So when you're working on a contract, who manages the store? There's no store. Well, the office. Home office taken care of. I have meetings predominantly on site or in um, in my network of restaurants throughout Vancouver, as well as in Edmonton, Calgary, Ottawa, Toronto, Halifax. I do have one. I do have a few in Newfoundland as well. So when you're working on a, on a case and you're really involved in it, there's, there's no there's no marketing going on either. No, there's no marketing going on. Okay, so what I recommend you, you, you do is the, the, the thing I'd recommend to everybody in this room. One of the biggest mistakes that people make in, in marketing is not having a constant source of leads coming in. It's called lead generation. And how you do that is going to vary from business to business. But if you don't have that going on in your business, how are you going to get new clients? Most businesses fall into this trap. They don't, they don't have an ongoing stream of new prospects coming in. And you've got to do that. That's essential. Now, one way that a business like yours could do it is you offer some kind of free report that describes your business. But I've never heard of this business before. Until you came up and spoke here, I've never heard of a business like this. And yeah, it is this, unique. This is all, there's only two of us in Canada. And I would think that it has a lot of potential for a lot of clients out there once they became aware of what you were all about. That's right. So if you had this 22-page report to describe what you do in detail, and you offered it free to people who have a business, I go along and you have at least a, a name of names of people that were interested in your free report. Now you can advertise that in a business magazine, online or wherever. Okay. Well, I have to do it in the app. I have a couple questions for you. One, like how do you bill? Is it by retainer? Like what's the most profitable work you do? The most profitable work I do is employee termination. It's usually set price. You have the two options, standard uh, pace or premium. Uh, standard it usually three to five business days. Premium under 48 hours, the employee is gone. You tell them, um, I send you a three-page template. You fill that out, and if there's any additional legal work required, I request it. If you don't need that, I can set a date and time when I come in to fire the person. Okay. The premium is really just putting that on a 48-hour timetable. The bonus benefit I bring is that if there's any concerns or any issues, I actually have a team of HR lawyers that I can contact and find out about the technicalities of the law. So that's built into your cost. You don't pay anything extra. And if there are issues and you cannot terminate the person, you get a full report clearly explaining what they have done, why you can't terminate them, and what steps you need to take to go forward to removing this person. Okay. What do you like most about your life? You, you, you have a wide range of services from trademark infringement to personal conduct of a CEO or C-suite person to everything. Like, what, what do you really like doing out of all this stuff? Really? Don't say all of it, because that's... <laughs> really, it comes down to seeing people relax. When at the end of the day, they can say, you know what, there's light at the end of the tunnel. My problems aren't so bad anymore. I've been losing sleep over this, and now I have a chance to fix it. It's in front of me, and I can make it reality. If you had the opportunity as entrepreneurs, would you take that? I don't think there's anybody who will pass that up. You have your biggest problem in front of you and you have a solution. That's what I want to be. I want to be there saying, look, your problem isn't so bad and let's fix it. Okay, and with that, like, so I got that part, but what service usually then? Like, is it all the same? Like, like wh which one out of, if you, four or five services, which one do you enjoy the most? Like, gives you some energy that, that you like that's not just, oh, just another standard, I gotta let fire some other guy, you know, dude. 
Well, what juices you? What, what do you actually really like out of all that? Each one has its distinctiveness, and I specialize, I say a lot about employee termination, and one of the factors I love doing is after I've let somebody go, I go back to the office and I tell the department, and to see people's faces and expression, like, yes, we finally got rid of that asshole. <laughs> that is a wonderful feeling. <laughs> you come in, they congratulate you, they high five you, you know, somebody offers you a drink, it's a little, a little concerning. The, the, the alcohol, but it, it's a wonderful experience. Like these people have been dreading with the person day in, day out, month after month, and now they're gone. Yeah, that's okay. Is it mass termination that you like, or or divorce things? You know, that's what they're asking you. It's really to see people happy. I like to see people achieve their dreams. My dreams are pretty simple, and I can achieve it with money alone. Okay, the hardest me. dreams require help, and I want to help. So from the point of view of marketing, you're always better to specialize. The more, the more you specialize, the better you do, the more than marketing. Yeah. So I'm, what Digi's trying to get at here, what I'm trying to get at right now, what he's trying to get at is choose one or two areas that you really enjoy and they're, they're highly profitable, and focus your energies there. And you get known as a specialist at terminations or whatever it is that you want to focus on. Okay. That would make you much more productive, and also yeah. narrow the topic of your report that you're going to write, you use lead generation. You can't hold two positions in the marketplace if no. you're a true specialist. So if you're truly the you know, let go person or what, you know, termination person, if you have that position in the marketplace, how can you also be the trademark, trademark infringement person? Doesn't that a disconnect for most people in the room? Would you like, okay, here's Colin, he's a termination expert. Oh, also, he's also the trademark infringement expert. You know? I, I, if you guys want to say something, you've got to go to the mic just so you can record. So. Sorry, but I, I disagree with that. I yeah. think uh, if you've got a large enough organization or if you have a, a, a series of consultants that are experts in those fields, you can simply stay at the, the top tier and have those people handle the specialized areas. I'm, I'm not talking about the marketing, yeah. uh, that's, that's specific channeling those views. But, but you're saying two different people in my mind, Greg. I'm saying Colin, one man, one person, not attached to anybody else. But he's, in the marketplace. He's, he's trying to raise himself, at, my view is that you're having a, a corporation or a specialty service that nobody else has. That's right. That, you're, you, that is your entity. So he's no longer just a consultant. It's, you know. Yeah, depending how you position himself, but any company that he's working with, I think most of the times they know it's just him. But that's his point. That what we're trying to say is that generally the rule of marketing Yep, you're going to pick one position and, you're gonna, and you want to control that one position in the market. And trademark infringement issues and employee dismissal, that's, that's pretty far apart. Yeah, I, I just look at it differently in that he's a, a fix-it guy. Okay. So that really is his marketing ploy, is that he fixes the, pro, the, the things that you don't want to talk about. Okay. And below that is a series of services that he could foc have people focus in those different market channels. And there would probably be totally different campaigns, totally different. Uh, so way, way too complex to make a dollar. Pardon? You're making it way, way too complex. If he focuses on one thing, you'll make, you'll make a lot more money yeah. faster. Yeah. No, that's just my view. Okay. So. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. We know. Two things I want to say. I mean, I know Colin for a long, long time, and he's an incredible guy. But today, I learned more about you that I didn't know before. 
And I totally agree what Alan's saying, because I know him for 30 years, and I was his student for four or five years. And what I would say, just focus on one thing. You know, and he said something is a metaphor in the beginning when he talked. Don't look at the car, look at on the whole. Because majority of people want to see from the outside, but the inside would make everything. So. Thank you, Brian? Hi. Um, yeah, I'm just uh, in order to market, we have to know who we're marketing to. And as I hear all this, I don't know who you would market to because when I think of what you do, I think that's why companies have HR departments and for the most part, they handle that internally. No. No. So. They like to hire an outside source to come do the dirty work. That's generally how it works a lot. It's very common. <laughs> very common. Uh -huh. we'll do this. Okay. Known as a hatchet man in some industries, but I don't want to okay, say that. I'm going to answer your question because you said, who am I targeting predominantly? It's predominantly uh, business owners, C-levels, and managers because mm -hmm. they're the ones who have the decision-making power as well as the ability to um, move funds and budgets to bring me in. And what size companies? Predominantly small and medium businesses. However, the large guys love me for the mass terminations. Ed Delacy, I have a question actually. Uh, something struck me when you said that you absolutely enjoy the, the, the face on the owner when he says he got rid of that. Asshole. <laughs> Thank you. You know what struck me about that? It's just that I've been in the business a long time. I'm an old timer. I have never had to really fire anybody. I was fortunate enough to do that. I wasn't fortunate not having to do that, I should say. But if I had to, I would have the guts to do it myself in a small company. You see, it's changed. And this current generation coming up, especially in the startup industries, they don't have those skills anymore. What you grew up learning in your age, in your era, it doesn't exist so much in my generation and the generation coming. And as well with the startup communities and the smaller groups, that line between professional and personal is blurred. Mm, I find that really sad, actually. It, it is a little sad, yes, because people are not empowered or strong enough to do things. However, it is a hole and a gap in the industry that I can fill. Well, I guess if you have a situation like that and the, the uh, owner, boss, or whoever is, is really weak, in my view, then probably somebody strong like you who can actually take care of this person in a gentle way as opposed to kick him out of the door may be a good service. I think that's probably your niche. Thank you. Thanks. I would like to speak to, to your um, specialization here. It seems to me that actually the market that, that you're heading, you, you head, is actually quite big. Yes. There, there's a lot of potential here. Yes. And that you personally could specialize in one thing and train others to do the other specialties. I do bring on a fair bit of specialists for specific jobs. Mm -hmm. Usually it's me pairing up and we go together as a contract and say, this is our flat fee or our contract fee and we'll get everything done. It gives me a, mu a lot more flexibility because it opens up to a much um, broader range of clients. Mm -hmm. However, on the same time, 
there's no there's a limited on specialization and that's why I'm focusing more I've been focusing on my brand as the guy to contact if you have a problem so even if I can't personally come and do it I can tell you exactly who you should be in reach with mm -hmm. I never like to call myself a connector because that comes with the assumption that I will find you the right person every time me I only like to refer people I trust that I would gladly put my, I would gladly put my back behind mm -hmm. and say they can do great work but as your business grows it seems that you'll have less and less time true to do all of it and true. I think that's one of the things that happens with entrepreneurial businesses anyway is we try to do everything instead of outsourcing it yes we sort of have a uh, plan in place it's between the financial side and the lawyer but at this stage we're not there to expand and to make that a reality okay well maybe this is future then uh, um, it's Ryan, Ryan. again I, so I, I just have an, a, another a, an idea around uh, referral generation um, so there are many business organizations one of them is CFIB uh, recently I called CFIB to get some more information around an What's an employee. What's CFIB stand for? Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Okay, so everybody knows. So uh, if you're a member there and you have an HR related issue, you can phone and they will give you some advice. So I recently did this around uh, pregnancy leave and I, I, I got enough general advice. They sent me something. It didn't really feel specific, but I would think that an organization like that would they have there's cases situations that they get called about that are beyond their capability and if they knew of someone like you they would direct the business to you mm -hmm. um, so maybe networking uh, contacting those organizations um, associations yes um, I, I used to belong to a large association and if you, someone knows you and you can you can kind of handle an industry that way would be another possible source of referrals um, those are just some ideas Thank you. Hi, uh, I'm Jeffrey. Uh, we met a uh, couple months ago, actually. Yes, we did. <laughs> I didn't know you did so much, though. Okay, uh, I can assure you that there are many, many companies where founders have created partnerships, and there's one person in that in that mix that makes horrible chemistry. Yes, a company will not succeed unless they have the right chemistry. In, in the lead team. So yes, I acknowledge that exists. We ourselves had that problem and we solved it ourselves, but it took three years in, in, in which to do that. Um, my suggestion for lead source is to go from the top down, not from the bottom up. So seek out uh, to network with uh, members of the YPO, Young Presidents Organization. Uh, because these are the very top CEOs of uh, extraordinarily large companies, successful companies, and they, in their own network, they certainly hear downwards of situations where your service would be well, well Good appreciated. Good. Thank you, Thank Jeffrey. You. Hey, Ali. Um, first thing I want to say about the this situation which I asked you last time, once I was asking, you know, what was the funniest 
story you had and said, you know what, I have to see the same guy twice. As soon as he saw me, I said, what, you again? <laughs> Which story did I tell you? You I told me about the guy, you know, you have to fire him twice. Oh, yes. Um, I had the odd privilege of firing somebody twice. Nice. And the first time I did it in a part of Vancouver, I have to watch the NDAs here. So I did, did it in a part of Vancouver, and I, he was angry at me, he was frustrated, but he finally calmed down and realized it was his fault and he had to go. The second time, he walked in the room and he said, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Then, then obviously you do branding here. Yes. Right? Um, what I want to maybe bring up as a kind of a solution, because I feel like I had the same kind of issue, you know, to explain in my own business. Anytime I wanted to say what I'm doing, it took me like 35 minutes to 45 minutes to explain, okay, what I'm doing and how can I solve your problem. The solution I could find was, okay, creating an animation for about 45 seconds, which is telling exactly what I was explaining in 45 minutes. Now in 45 minutes, you know, I'm sending my video to, to a prospect and watch this first, then we will talk. Then I say 45 minutes time, first of all, you know, to understand if they are really my prospects, if they really want to work with me. And I believe there's a value in what you are doing because, you know, I have my team and um, I was in the condition of firing some people. What is happening? you already have some more people in the office, you know, when you're going to fire someone, sometimes you're making kind of like a bad picture of yourself in front of the rest of the team. Then I definitely rather someone else to take that, you know, that face and do the job, then I'm still friend with my team. Then I think there's a huge value in what you're doing right now. Okay, good. Thank you. I, before you go, I do want to tell you, um, the idea of sending out a video is a little dangerous for me because it's really asking people, do you have a problem that I can solve? And a lot of people don't want to get that way. The vast majority actually find me, start with an email, and it goes from there. Go ahead, Earl. Be the last one, and then. All right. My name is Earl. Um, actually, uh, it, it's not the, um, you, you do have kind of a weird, rare situation, but there's actually other people out there who do something similar to what you do. Uh, one of my mentors, his name is Dr. Blair Dunkley, and uh, his job was, uh, he, he lives in Alberta, and uh, his, his job was in social before, and he was the guy they called when someone was going to jump off a building. Yes, yeah. that is so, an incredibly specialized thing. I'm not going to. Right, so, so kind of a similar thing. The problem in the social space is that they didn't pay him any money. So he's, he's, he was good at taking people off the building, fixing them, bringing them back to normal life, and they, they went back to a normal worker. So he almost did the backwards, what you do. Like, instead of firing someone, he saved them from jumping off the building. But um, he, he, because he, he, he kind of almost goes after the same demographics that you do in your <laughs> marketing space, mm -hmm. uh, what he did was, uh, I actually agree with it. I can't remember who it was. Uh, I'll be Jeffrey, who said, go top down. Uh, and uh, where he started finding a lot of his clients was a place called CEO Space. I don't know if you know about that space. So Not CEO Space, are the, the, a bunch of CEOs around the world, it's a kind of a, a group of just CEOs. And uh, he just started speaking there. And because he does the same kind of business surgery that you kind of do, 
um, what happens is he goes up there and just starts talking about case studies. Without, without, so without breaking NDA, he can talk about case studies. He talks about this, he talks about that, how he solved it, what the, what the, what the solutions were. And then that's how more people were able to find him. So it was almost a content play, right? So he, was, he, he got up there. Um, obviously, they're all CEOs. None of them are going to put their hand up and go, yeah, yeah, I got a problem. I need to fire this you know, a-hole. So, but what happened was when he, when, he, when he explained those scenarios and taught them what the, what the procedures were and, and what to do and what not to do and the legals and all, all that kind of stuff, he had the same kind of backup you do, lawyers and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, just, just him going up there and talking in those spaces, um, sometimes it's the weird niches where you find your clients. So Good anyway, idea. I hope, hope it helps. Good. Thank you, Earl. Thank you. you want to you want to give us a feedback? I mean, I will. Or what? Do you want to give us some feedback, or you want me to go first, or what do you want? Um, I, just, I just want to wrap it up. Okay. I think. Uh, how'd you find that feedback? I found it. I found it wonderful because I usually don't get help from a room of people. I'm usually helping the room of people. <laughs> right on. Well, I thought you got some really good ideas from the floor. Yes, it's a yeah. wonderful, it's good to get the ideas from the floor. You gave me some ideas that I will be following up on this weekend. I can't do it till the weekend because of contracts. But it's really knowing where to go. And you guys just proved that. You gave me ideas. You gave me groups I should be in contact with, and I'm not there yet. And that's why I asked for help. I don't know. And I'm hoping to find the clients, the people who are in the same situation. I don't know, I want help. And that's what you've done for me. Thank you. Right on. So Colin, I, I'm just gonna talk, so I don't want you to talk five minutes. I'll be like a damn for now, okay? So just a couple quick things just think about. Part of it to me is mindset, because you say you, you want them to bring the problem to you, and that's fine, okay? But marketing's all about creating demand. And you can create demand for anything. So. You could say you're like the plumber. Well, nobody needs a plumber till when? Till the pipe breaks, right? So what's every good plumber do? He, he markets, he gives you fridge magnets, he gives you stuff and everything else. So when it comes to time, he puts a big thing on your hot water tank, so when it blows up, he knows who to call, right? So they're, they're in the exact same game. You can create demand. You just have to change your mindset. Now, you can create demand by like building three different channels. So Jeffrey brought a good uh, concept up, a point up about Issues and family partnerships, which are totally unique to any other type of corporation and stuff. So you could build a specific case study paper just on family partnerships. And then you could start figuring out the lawyers, the accountants that work with family partnerships and talk to them. And they'll know, oh yeah, you gotta go see these guys. This family's having a nightmare and everything else. So you get connected in that circle, speak to that group. But there you're known as the family partnership guy. And then you know, and you would write a case study, white paper, whatever, that they would know, oh, that's exactly like me. That's my brother, that's my sister, and everything else, that story. And you'd have that channel going right there. HR, as we know, because I know some people work in HR and stuff, and in some of the biggest corporations, as Colin said, there's this fine line between they know them personally and not personally, and they're worried about liability and everything else. And isn't it easier to pass the ugly job onto an outside contractor? Isn't it just easier? Like, I gotta fire someone that's been here for 10 years, I don't wanna do it. They're gonna bring someone like Colin in, they get to not be there at the meeting, it's done off-site, it's everything done clean. You could be creating case studies or papers and marketing to those HR people. You know the conferences, there's the BC HMRA, there's a Canadian one, every province has one of those associations. I'm actually trying to get into I'm actually trying to uh, speak at the June 15th June 15th, one. yeah. So it might take a while, but what you first need to do is you need to create a case study or something and start getting it to three or four people that are influenced 
that are influencers like in the BCHMRA. They usually find out. There's four or five people that run that group. You get the case study, they meet, they're like, oh, we like this guy. We like this guy to come speak to the group. Just calling them like, well, who are you? Who have you worked for? Who have you done? You need a referral that way. The best way referral credibility is the case study for them. So the biggest mindset thing for you is you can create demand. Well, all I heard tonight was, well, I really I want to be sensitive. People can only come to me. You can do a white case paper. People know the problems out there. You don't, you, know, you don't have to say anything about any other client. So if you can shift on that concept and just say, okay, I'm going to start building these strategies to create demand because that's really what marketing is about. You know, there is existing demand. It's there. The point on positioning, okay, thought of positioning, if you position yourself as one thing, you can always add these other services is what we call follow-up services, back-end services, and everything else. If you, if you know most people, they start off with one key service and they add additional services. So they might come to you, you know, I've got a problem, you know, uh, and whatever. And then at that point, you'd say, oh, by the way, I do trademark print. Oh, really? What do you, oh, I did this guy, this guy, this guy. And, oh, okay, then they might hire you there. But you don't want to lead with that. You, when you're positioning yourself in the marketplace, you want to lead yourself in one position. So like if you're a marketing expert and you're something in marketing, you notice something in marketing, you position yourself as a social media expert or you position yourself as a LinkedIn expert, you position yourself something, you don't just say I'm a marketing expert, you position yourself in one of those niches and so it says, oh, I know you do LinkedIn, but by the way, do you do Facebook? Oh, yeah, I do Facebook. But that person doesn't, you know, if they're smart, they don't lead saying I do everything. So that's the point on positioning, just think in your mind. You can have all those other services, just go in the mindset, if you're working with the HMRA, and I know people there, if you told me you did, they did trademark infringement too, they go, whoa, we're out of here. This is just, this is too bizarre. That is not our world. So you, you wouldn't want to lead that way. You wouldn't want to lead with three or four or five different services unless you're really tightly related. So just think about that when it comes to positioning. What we were saying is pick one spot, position, because it is a lot of work to become the expert in one area, let alone two or three or four spread out, unless you're a really large corporation. And those are the Price Waterhouses or the other big consulting firms. And if you're not them, then, you know, there's a, there's a whole level of B-level consulting firms in BC and Alberta. If you're not going to be one of them, you've got to position yourself as one person, one expert. You've got a really unique niche. It's going to work really well. But I think you just got to, if you want to grow your business, as Alan said, you've got to do lead generation. Do it through some case studies, some white papers, and just hit that message. It'll hit a core. People will start knowing who you are. You want people before the problem even happens. Oh, yeah, I read a case study on that six months ago. Where's that paper? Where's that thing? Where's that thing? I find it. Call the guy's number. That's what you want. Now they're going to another friend or someone else and trying to figure out, well, who could help me out in this situation? So that's the thought from that way. Did you have anything else, Alan? Thank you. That's it. Okay. Thanks a lot. Ten times your finances. Ten times your business. Ten times your marketing. Ten times your life. Hit the subscribe button now.